Welcome to The Marissa Morrison Show, where you'll discover your inner power to create the life you desire. I'm Marissa, and I began my business as a 19-year-old, single mom, broke, and in college. Today, I run a seven-figure business that teaches entrepreneurs how they can have it all without the frustration and overwhelm. Abundance, peace, joy, and overflowing love are available to you. And I'm here to show you the way to a richer, more vibrant life that radiates into your business, bringing you higher profits and profound fulfillment. You see, when you connect with the miracle that is you, you become an unstoppable force that doesn't need to push for success. Consider this an invitation to step into a new world of possibilities, empowering perspectives, and radical breakthroughs. Buckle up and get ready to see the world around you in an entirely new light. This is your life, and you don't need to wait to experience your dreams. It all starts now. Today's episode is going to be one that is truly heartfelt. I want you to go ahead and roll your shoulders back. Take a deep breath. Relax your jaw. Become present with me in this moment and really open your heart and your mind. If you clicked on today's episode, the title is How to Be the Mother Your Children Need, or maybe it's one child. And if you've clicked this, what that tells me is that you are either going to become a mom, you have that desire, maybe you're already pregnant, or you already are a mother. You are wanting to be a good mom. That I know. Because you would not have clicked this episode if you weren't holding the intention of being the mother that your child needs. And so before we really dig in today, I want to honor that intention. As moms, we can be so hard on ourselves My mom always told me growing up that we are the rock of the family. We're the peacemakers often, and we can be everything for everyone. We wear all the hats. And your intention in being here is something that deserves acknowledgement. Because like I said, we can be so hard on ourselves. And right now, I want to encourage you to let that go. Let it go. Acknowledge that you are holding the intention of being a good mom. And that in itself will manifest into your life. You're already on the right path. I'm so excited that you're here. I am so thrilled for this conversation. And I'm certainly going to give you a few points of reflection, as I like to call them. I have seven teaching points here in today's episode that I'm going to share with you that are going to empower you in your journey of being the mom that you were created to be. Now, I want to pause here and say, if you have been enjoying these episodes, and if you have gained an iota of wisdom, of new ideas and inspiration, of motivation, any type of positive outcome from this show, I would deeply appreciate it if you would leave a short review and if you would also give us five stars. 
I have truly put my heart and soul into this podcast and I am continuing to do so. I have so much up ahead and your support means so much. So go ahead, take a moment, pause this episode, leave a review and come on back and we'll keep going. Now, being a mother has certainly evolved over the last few generations. I think we can all see that. You know, I remember my mom telling me how her childhood was. And my mom was 41 when she had me. Uh, So she was born 1948. So growing up in the 50s, you know, her experience was very different. And I also heard stories of my grandmother's childhood and what it was like for her. And that was very different. You know, today in modern society where we live, now you add on the responsibility of being, most of you are likely entrepreneurs right? You are running your business. And now you are also a mother and raising a human being that's going to contribute and make a difference here in this planet. It's a big responsibility. And one thing that I want to share with you right now is the biggest impact that you leave or make on the world, in the world, is not always what you do, but who you raise. In our society, we can get so focused on what are we achieving? What are our goals? You know, whether it's related to our business or our bodies or something that we can hold that's tangible, we have all of these great desires and aspects of life that we go after. But as moms, it's so important to remember that the human beings that you're raising within your home is going to be one of the biggest impacts that you make on the world. And so it's a really big deal and it can impact you as an individual for the remainder of your life. So this discussion is not only about your child, but it's about the impact they create on the world and the impact that being a mom has on you and the quality of your life that you have to experience. So when you become a mom, it's often the idea of, okay, well, what kind of mom do I want to be? You know, whether it's your upbringing, maybe you're looking at your mom and you are thinking, you know, my mom was so wonderful. I want to be as good as her. Or maybe your mom wasn't that great. And there are many things that you can identify and say, you know, I'm not going to be that way with my kids. And a lot of times, you know, we are truly picking up where our parents left off. Our parents were, you know, doing the best of what they were given. And now we are moving beyond that and we have more ideas and wisdom and we can create our parenting experience any way we desire. So maybe it's your upbringing that you're gaining inspiration from on what kind of mom you want to be. But what about social media? (laughs) Maybe Instagram is showing you the kind of mom that you want to be. I mean... Uh, hello, there is so much comparison in today's society in terms of being a mom. I mean, you make some cupcakes and get on social media and you see that your cupcakes weren't so great after all. You know, maybe it's being the fashionable mom. Maybe it's the mom that has the coolest birthday parties with the best backdrops and most highly detailed and designed birthday cakes. (laughs) You know, what kind of mom are you going to be? What are you looking at as inspiration and guidance? 
Maybe it's a religion. Maybe it is through that path of discovering what God says about being a mom and raising children. And maybe the people in your church or in your social circle are really impacting. You know, you start raising a child, sometimes your parents will watch you and give feedback on what they think you should do. There is no shortage of people out there telling you what kind of mom to be, right? And this conversation here today, my hope is to empower you more than to tell you. So let's go on this journey of really discovering how you can be the mom that your children need. Now, how about curriculum? Let's add that into the mix. And, you know, like my children, all three were diagnosed with ADHD and two of them have dyslexia. So there's there's that aspect of raising your child and making sure that they have the education that they need for life and for success, right? What kind of school are you going to send them to? Is it going to be public school? Is it going to be private school? What about their peers as they get older? You know, how are you going to handle that situation? Are they going to have a phone when they turn 10? Are you going to make them wait till they're 16? Like, what are the parameters that you are going to follow? How are you going to show up for your child in all of these different areas? What about your spouse or family or friends? That intimacy, that closeness with those people when you become a mom, that certainly changes, right? Is like, you know, you are being pulled in so many different directions. And before we dig into these seven main reflection points that I have for you today, I want to give you a few red flags that I want you to download into your mind today and keep them there. Because when I share them with you, you may be able to identify where you've already experienced some of those red flags. And also, holding it in your mind will help you be aware of it when it happens, because it's going to happen. But before I share that, I just want to let you know, we have to just pause here for a minute, because of all the pressures that come with being a mom, and being the right mom for your child, and making sure that you're providing for them, and giving them a curriculum, and you know, following along with, you know, what your parents think you should do or what society and your peers are telling you and guiding you, what you see on social media. It's a lot. But right now, I want to honor that you, my love, you are magical. Literally, you are a miracle worker. You are divinely ordained to produce life within your womb. That is a miracle. And it's within your body that life is created. I think that we, you know, when we're pregnant, it's exciting. We feel our little one within us, you know, and we have the child and the first couple years are so exciting, but we experience so many different changes within that, that human that we gave birth to. And I know for me, my oldest is 15 And that experience is so far removed. I have to intentionally remind myself, looking at these three big kids, 15, 14, and 10, that they came from my womb, that out of my body, from my DNA, they came into form. And that's something to celebrate. 
it's something to honor. You know, when you're thinking about being a mom, like your body created and supported that life and allowed it to be possible through you. And so when your child was born, the very, very first job that child had was to get to know you, to identify what's safe, what is my source, who is providing for me. That was you. And if you had a spouse or a partner, it was them as well. The people in the closest vicinity of their reality and experience of this life. And throughout the first few months, they are learning your voice. They're learning your smell. They're learning your rhythm. And that is the source, you, that guides them and nourishes them. And this happens for the first 18 years of their life. You are their source. And so we have to honor that, you know, this is a big deal. (laughs) You have a big role here. Right now, I want you to give yourself credit for being the vessel that has allowed this life to be, for being the source that is guiding and nourishing this new life, for standing firm on who you are and holding the intention of being a good mom. There's so much goodness to celebrate and to give credit to. Now let's go ahead and move on to those few points to beware of. And being aware is how you beware. (laughs) So one thing that I have discovered, and I see this with entrepreneurs when I'm coaching them, because believe me, being an entrepreneur is going to be impacted by being a mom. Your business absolutely will be impacted by the experiences you have in your intimate relationships. Okay. So when you become a mom, as they get older, you will begin to discover undealt with traumas and patterns that you did not realize perhaps were there. And the beautiful opportunity here is that you get to discover yourself in a way that you never would have had the opportunity to do so. You know, before you had your child, we envision the type of mom that we're going to be and, you know, we kind of set forth our actions and our responses and how we want to show up. But whenever your child grows older and you are further removed from the magic of being pregnant and all of that, and you're more in your day-to-day routine, your child may have reactions like a temper tantrum or frustration or defensiveness, sadness, and you may respond in the moment in a way that is out of alignment with what you first desired as being a mom. And when this happens, a lot of times the most common response is guilt and shame. Us moms, we blame ourselves and we'll put ourselves down pretty easily, right? And a lot of times what I also see is that as your child gets older, you will start to see a reflection of yourself. And so being a mom is going to challenge you to truly be the person that you desire to be so that you can be a good influence for your child. And when you see your child acting in ways that are presenting a limited pattern, whether it's, you know, maybe you didn't talk nicely about yourself and now you hear them doing the same. I've spoken with many moms who will say these exact words, I've ruined my child. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. You know, it's my fault. And 
These are those red flags to be aware of. It is going to come up. You are going to respond in ways that you don't want to, that are not in alignment with the mom that you want to be. And I want to encourage you right now to be gentle with yourself, to be kind to yourself. It has to come up in order for you to become aware and to identify where is this coming from? What is within me that is not dealt with? How can I heal my own wounds so that I can be the mom that I want to be? Because one thing that I've learned is that as a mom, we, especially when they're young, we want to protect our children. But, you know, there's so much that I went through in my life that, as you know, if you've listened to the chapters of my life, that I am so thankful that I went through them because I would not be who I am today without those experiences. And so as my children get older, I'm learning more and more, I don't need to protect them. I'm here to support them, to empower them, to guide them. And as we get into these seven main points of how you can be the mom your child needs, you know, their experiences, there's this element of trust in God and the universe in infinite intelligence that our children are going to receive the experiences that they need in order to expand into the human being that they need to be. And we all know, if you've read books from successful business owners in this world, because there's lots of great books and they all share the same aspect, that adversity gave them the wisdom and the knowledge of how to be successful. Every single obstacle we come in contact with in life is an opportunity to grow. It's true for you, but it's also true for your child. There's never a moment in time that it is worth it to guilt yourself. The only time that it's worth it is when we are reflecting. We only look back when we are reflecting. And the only purpose of reflecting is to gain wisdom which then you carry back with you to the present moment and apply it to the future. So in this journey of being a mom, be careful not to guilt yourself or shame yourself. You've done nothing wrong. As long as you are gaining wisdom from every experience and moving forward in a positive direction, you are being a wonderful mom. Because there's no handbook, right? There's no handbook that says this is how you handle this situation and this is how you should handle this situation. I mean, if you really take into context your religion, your upbringing, society, social media, and all of the pressures (laughs) that come with being a mom, it's like you are going to have to figure this out on your own. You really are going to have to listen to that loving voice of intuition, the voice of God that is always guiding, loving, supporting you in everything that you were doing. Tuning into that voice is the answer to this episode. But let's go ahead. Let's get into the seven ways you can be the mom that your child needs. And the first is to realize that your child is going to learn more by who you are than what you actually teach. And what I mean by this is that it's not what you say that teaches them how to show up and who to be. It's actually who you are as an individual. 
Your limitations will become their limitations. Becoming conscious of yourself, healing your past, and accepting all that you are is one of the best things that you can do for your child. Because whenever you stand in the boldness of who you are and love yourself wholly, it gives them permission to do the same. When you know your purpose and you go after it, you have dreams for your life and you stand in that boldness and you say, I'm going to make this happen. I have complete faith in myself. I know that I can do this. And you show up for yourself every day and you go after your dreams. They're watching you. They're seeing you. You know, I've talked to so many moms who feel guilty when they're working, like they should be spending time with their child. And this is very common, especially when you have a new child. This feeling does kind of evolve and you learn to balance as your child, you know, becomes one and two and three and four. And by five, you get a little rhythm down. And it's a new aspect of life, like managing work and your child. But just know that There is a balance there, yes, but also when you are working and you're going after your dreams, your child is witnessing this and learning from you. And this gives them that permission. They learn that if mom does that, then I do it too. Be careful in this of what you say about yourself, especially if you have a young girl. You know, talking about your weight in front of the mirror, even if clothes don't fit too well, you know, you want to be very careful. And I'm not saying so much that it's about the words because the words are a manifestation of your beliefs and thoughts. So it actually goes back to that healing of the past, self-acceptance, because if you truly love and accept yourself, those words won't come up, right? So you won't be thinking those things. So really working on your inner atmosphere, the inner environment, what's going on within you and your wholeness, and you becoming more aware and doing the work, that deep work, it's not hard work, but it is deep work to heal your past. Another thing within this is blaming others, complaining, justifying. It is very tempting to do. And yes, a lot of times we are impacted by others and our circumstances maybe influence and a result of other people's actions, but also realize that your vibration and everything you experience is in alignment with that vibration. And so taking responsibility for your reality is empowering because what it means is that now it's your responsibility to figure it out. When we blame others, we're saying, well, now, you know what? It's their fault, not mine. So whatever. And when we take responsibility for our reality, we're teaching our child to do so as well. So be careful not to blame others outwardly in front of them, to speak ill of anyone in front of them. We want to teach our children to be compassionate and understanding of others. The more that we are compassionate of other people and try to see where they are and how they may come to that thought is going to teach ourselves and our children to understand ourselves within as well. Because if we have compassion for ourselves, we will naturally have compassion for others. We're only able to love as much as we allow ourselves to receive love. So number one is they are watching, they are witnessing you, and they are learning more by who you are than what you say. 
All right, number two is to release judgment of their desires and dreams. And this is a big one. I know when I wanted to be a photographer, I was 19, so I was older. But, you know, I've shared this story many times. My dad said, hey, you know, you would have better luck being an actress. I didn't have support. And many times you've probably experienced this in your past where your parents were telling you what success was and what college to go to or what careers may be best for you. Or maybe you shared a dream and they were like, oh, you know, that might be better as a hobby. That's not going to be very successful. And so as parents, we hold the power of teaching our children to believe in their dreams. Because when we feel drawn to something within our being, it is oftentimes purposeful. You know, it's divine. It's not by accident that we have a desire or a dream within our hearts as adults. And it's not any different for our children. You know, when my son came home and he, you know, wanted to get into reptiles, I was fine. But when I found out it was snakes, you know, this mama had to take a minute. (laughs) I was like, okay, yeah, all right, all right, snakes, here we go. You know, and so supporting our children in their dreams and their desires without judgment of if it's going to be successful or good for them is so important. And what I would encourage you to do when they share dreams with you as they get older, you know, if you have little ones, this is great to think about now because, oh boy, did I wish that someone would have talked to me about this before I had all these snakes in the house. Um, (laughs) I'm just keeping it real. But the biggest thing to do is to pause, to not respond immediately with your first thought. Because the first thought we have is often judgment. That is one of the biggest things with being a human being is to not judge our thoughts, to not judge others' thoughts. Like That's one of the biggest things with being a being on this planet is to surrender, acceptance, peace, you know, allowing others to be as they are without judgment of how we expect them to be. And so it's the same with our children. Yes, we are nurturing and supporting and guiding, but ultimately their dreams will change throughout their adolescence. My son has gone through many different cycles. He wanted at one point to clean cars. Imagine if I would have shut him down. (laughs) But, you know, instead I supported him. He got this membership. He got this like cleaning car kit thing and he got all into it. Then he moved on to shoes and he read these books about, you know, I think it was Nike. They wrote a, what was it? Shoe dog. I think he read the whole book. He read a book about building a brand and you know, he's educating himself on building a business. And he started tearing apart shoes, <laughs> drawing shoes. And now of course he's into reptiles and he may evolve from that, but I am going to make sure that I am either neutral or supportive outwardly in their dreams and their desires. Well, before we go on, let me just say, you supporting their dreams is the only way they're gonna learn to do it for themselves as an adult. So if you want them to stand in their boldness and go after their dreams as an adult, it starts right now. Number three is create space for your child to have independent thought. And this is very similar to number two, But what I mean by this is, you know, as we go through life, we have a very specific thought pattern about, you know, religion and society and schooling and dress code. You know, if you have a daughter, you certainly will have an opinion about what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. And as parents, yes, with my own daughter, I make sure she doesn't cross that boundary. Of course, I'm actually very thankful my daughter loves to wear baggy clothes. I'm like, yes. I'm like, I'm so like every day. I'm like, thank you, God. But 
the reality is, is that your kids are going to have a lot of different thoughts and you may not agree with all of them. So very much like their dreams that you may not agree with, just pause. Don't respond with your first thought. The importance in this is in building trust with your child that they can come to you about anything. After the age of about eight years old, your child will then begin to turn more to their peers than to the parent. Many studies have been done on this. After the age of eight, you have less influence on your child. I am so thankful we homeschool our kids. I feel as though that time has not come for us, even with our children at 15. We are very close to them and they still share deep, intimate thoughts with us. And we talk about many different things. And I think part of that is, you know, like for example, sex. When I was coming up, I was ashamed with it. You know, I didn't feel comfortable talking to my parents. I was embarrassed and like, I didn't want them to really know how I felt or if I was attracted to a guy. But I think opening up these conversations so that they feel safe to come to you and it begins with allowing them to have independent thought. And so when they share a thought that you're just like strongly disagreeing, it's more supportive and loving to have a discussion versus a uh, authoritarian disposition of no, that's not correct, immediately shutting them down. Explore it with them. Have a conversation. Oh, well, why do you think that's so? Or where'd you get that idea from? Or tell me more about that. Oh, really? You know, when I was your age, I felt this way. You know, allow a conversation to develop because you don't want them to have dependent thought. That means that as they become adults, they are going to look and be dependent on other people's approval of their thoughts versus being independent. And so this is where that all begins, is supporting them in who they are becoming and allowing them to have freedom of thought without being worried of you shutting them down immediately. And that's where opening up the conversation is so fruitful. All right, let's move on to number four is create moments in nature. If you create opportunity for your child to be in nature, then you are opening the door for a connection to all things. You know, bringing their attention to the clouds or a sunset or the leaves and talking about life and how a tree knows to be a tree and how the acorns are going to fall from that tree and life will grow. These discussions are are beautiful. And it opens the door for you to talk about how we are connected to nature. We're a part of nature. You know, we may go through a winter. We'll also have our summer. And in nature, when you are walking, what I find is that you are movement, first of all, is so great for creativity and for the brain. So your imagination is a little bit more alive whenever you're in nature, but also your intention and your thought is on the person that you're walking with. And if it's your child, then you are going to be more connected to them and more centered in the conversation so that you can be present with them. And creating space, because we're so busy, we have routines and patterns in our day, You know, whether it's driving to an office that you have and then coming home and then cooking dinner and then having dinner and then going to bed. You can get into this rhythm, whatever your rhythm is, so much so that we forget to pause and have intimate time. This is true for your spouse. There needs to be a pattern of intimacy. And going out in nature, first of all, just a beautiful thing. But second of all, offers these deep, intimate conversations on a regular basis. Even if you did this once a month, 
that would be an amazing start. All right. Number five is to be honest and quick to ask for forgiveness. Look, like I said in the beginning of this episode, there are going to be times when you lose your temper. It's going to happen beyond a shadow of a doubt. It will happen. The pressures of this life, of your business, of your thoughts, adding on a child that's frustrated or giving you an attitude when you're providing everything for them, (laughs) it's challenging. It is. And it is going to be challenging. It's going to continue to be challenging. And when you lose your temper, when you act in a way that is not how you want to be, as soon as you're ready and you've kind of centered yourself and you've forgiven yourself, first of all, pull them in and say, hey, you know, the way that mommy acted, here's why, here's what I'm going through. And it doesn't mean that I should take it out on you. And I want you to know I'm so sorry. And I love you so much. I'm working every day to be better. You know, I'm human just like you. And this one gives them the ability to have compassion, like what we said in the beginning, you know, for others to remember that we're all going through life. You know, I may be mom, but I'm not perfect. I'm working on it. I'm working on myself and I'm striving to be better. And I want to know if you'll forgive me. It teaches them to ask for forgiveness as well. It teaches them that it's okay to make a mistake because we can always come back together and restore that harmony by asking for forgiveness. It's such a beautiful practice. If there was one thing from all of this is to know that they are watching you more than what you say. They're learning by who you are. And to just ask for forgiveness when you mess up. You can let go of any guilt and shame or feeling like you messed up. And they have more of an understanding of why their little emotions, you know, they don't know how to handle their emotions, much less that they should forgive you. Like that's not a concept that they fully understand. Children are quick to forgive, yes, because they have such beautiful innocence within them. But it's wonderful to teach it because the world is not going to teach them to forgive others or to ask for forgiveness. They learn that from you, okay? Number six is, and this is really for those of you that have older children, and if you don't, then, oh boy, think about it now. Get ready because this is going to come up in your parenting is the more that you repel something, the more it attracts. It's like rap music. You know, you don't like rap music. Maybe it says some things, you know, you tell them never to listen to it. Well, when with their friends, guess what they're going to do? They're going to listen to it. (laughs) Okay. So it's great to have rules. It's great to set boundaries. Absolutely. But if there is something that you are repelling and it's mainly because of your upbringing or something within your life that you really believe that it it should not be, just kind of challenge yourself on, is it actually bad? You know, is it worth an argument? Is it worth creating tension between you and your child? If that's the case, great, go for it. But again, it goes back to what I previously said about independent thought is make sure that it's more of a conversation because you're not going to get anywhere by just pushing against them on the things that they want and things that you disagree with. The only way that you're going to get through is in a loving conversation where you let them know that you empathize with them, meaning you are understanding how they feel. When your child feels seen and understood, they are more likely to mentally meet you where you are and then begin to understand you. And if they understand you, 
Well, now they understand why this thing is something they should avoid. But if you just come at it with, this is something to avoid, don't do this, they talk about it, you you know push it away immediately, there's no openness there, they're only going to understand that they shouldn't do it because you said so. The understanding will not actually be there. Doing anything because you said is never, ever something that they are going to learn, like in their being. It's something that they'll just remember, oh, mom always told me not to do that. And so we want to equip them with understanding, all right? So remember, the more you repel, the more it attracts. Now, our final point here in being the mom that your child needs is simply to remember that your essence and theirs, by nature, there's an alignment. Let's pause for a moment. Just think about this. Your child being born at this time, on this planet, in this country, at that date, (laughs) in your womb, was divinely ordained. Every single aspect of that is absolute, a wondrous miracle. There was no accident that it was you. In every single reality, in all the universe, it was you. You were chosen. You're it. You're mom. There's no mistake there. None. The vibration of your child and you have been aligned. It's a match. It's perfection. In no other reality would they have a different mom at this time in this life. It's you. You're it. And there's power in that. There's peace in that. There's a surrender. There's a trust to say, you know, even when I mess up, even in those moments, I still was chosen. We know that within quantum physics, within science, within religion, we know time is an illusion. (laughs) Truly, it really, truly is. It's an experience of this life. But outside of this life, for God, there is no time. Time is actually affected based on so many different things. That's a whole nother episode we should talk about because time stress is a very real thing for people and it affects the quality of your life. But realizing that, you know, since there was no time, every mistake that you would have made, and I like to put air quotes here because it's it's really quote unquote mistakes. If we go back to what I said before, you know, Every experience, every adversity your child has, they need in order to advance. And so maybe your mistakes were exactly what they needed. Maybe it's what you needed so that you could identify, hey, you know, that's not actually the mom I want to be. Here's how I'm going to move forward. And so knowing that in essence of who you are, you already are the right mom for your child. There's no mistake here. It was you. And it will always be you in this life. You will always be mom. And that's beautiful. It's never, ever about what you did. It's always about what will you do. And so right now, thinking about your children, the love that you have for them or her or him, really feel that right now. Just take a deep breath with me. Just breathe in that love for your child. I want you to right now see your entire life. Go back to your childhood. Think about what it was like to be a little kid, how your parents loved you or how maybe they didn't. How did it feel? 
coming into this moment, how blessed you are. You've been carried this whole way. You've been loved this whole way. And here you are, mom of this child or of these children. And you are on this episode wanting to be a good mom. Can you see all of that? Can you see that? Encourage your child to be who they are. In the best way, come to harmony with them becoming individuals. We have them for such a small window of time. They grow so fast. And who we are, the love that we give, the compassion, the forgiveness, the vulnerability, and even more so the patience. Oh gosh, the patience is so important for setting our children up to experience the freedom of self, for them to love who they are, to go after their dreams, to have independent thoughts, to trust that they can always come to you no matter what. It begins with the things that we've talked about today. And know that no matter what, you are always going to be what they need. There was no mistake in you being their mom. I hope that you feel encouraged. I hope that you feel loved and seen. And I hope that you are feeling like, you know what? I am the mom they need. And I am equipped now with thoughts and new ideas that I am going to add into my parenting and my role of being a mom. I love and adore you. I'm in this journey with you. And look, even after 15 years of being a mom, I still am learning. I am still having to be patient. There are things that I talk with my children. Sometimes I can tell it goes through one ear and out the other. And I'm like, oh God, give me patience. Eventually they get it. It's so rewarding to hear them say the things that I've been trying to teach them. (laughs) So know that those moments of celebration and seeing your child becoming who they were created to be, That is what this is all about because you will know in those moments that it was from you being who you are, extending your love to them, your compassion to them, and standing by their side and letting them know that they are loved no matter what, that they can be totally and freely who they are, and that mama is always going to be there to support, to nurture, to love. Because remember, You are the source. You are the one that they grew in within your womb for nine months as their cells were being produced at an, I mean, flabbergasting rate. (laughs) Their body was formed within your womb and they got to know you first. And for the rest of their life, you get to be the mom they need because by divinity, you are. I love and adore you. Remember to leave a review because it means so much to me. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Let me know your thoughts. Feel free to DM me anytime. I love being a part of your life and supporting you and cheering you on. And remember that you are right where you need to be. It's not about what you've done. It's about what you're going to do. All right, mama, love you. I will see you soon here on the Marissa Morrison Show. Here we are again at the conclusion of another episode. I'm sending you a virtual hug and I want you to know I am so proud of you for staying committed to your dreams. It's all possible 
and it begins with you. If you'd like to discover more support, visit marissamorrison.net, where I have created opportunities for you to connect, expand, and to evolve into your greatest potential. Until next time, friend, I'm thinking of you and sending you all my love.